0: Well, if you open your bulletins, you'll need a, you need a Bible as well. Does anybody need a Bible? We got some in the back. Peek and deliver. Anybody got one. Okay, good. Our theme for the year is our utmost, for his our utmost for his highest. Um, because he is God, he deserves our utmost. Because he is God. We need to do all that we can to lift Him up as high as possible. And, and um, c- before I left at our learning community and on Sunday morning, I challenged you to continue to pray, Lord, what does that look like for me? What does it look like for us? So as you spend time with God, asking Him, listening to Him, what does it mean? And one of that pieces is toughness, spiritual Mental, emotional, physical toughness so that we're not blown around by everything that happens but we have a strength, a resiliency, a perseverance. Um, because so much of what happens in our circumstances is God training us to become more like Him and, and yet our human tendency is to complain about the things that happen and ask Him and to change them rather than to see them from his perspective. Um, I've asked some of the guys from the No Regrets Conference to share, and then the reason I do this is not so that I don't have to talk so much, but rather for us to get a taste of of some of what God is trying to, to teach us. At the beginning of the conference yesterday, I challenged the guys to pay attention to what God had to say. Um, because that conference is so good. The, the quality of the content is so incredible. One speaker. Uh, you, you could just have one of the speakers talk for 45 minutes and spend the rest of the day discussing it. That's how powerful it is. And so it's kind of like drinking out of a fire hydrant. You, know, you just get overwhelmed by it. So my challenge was What one, two, or three things does God want you to do? What does He want you to hear? And then what does He want you to work on as you go through the rest of the year? Because uh, one day of a men's conference does not turn you into a man of God. But rather it's a springboard for what God wants to do throughout the year. So um, I always think it's, most of the time I think it's good to have people share when they come back from these kinds of events, just nuggets of what they heard and so I put a place in your outline for you to take notes on what you hear God saying through what these guys are going to share. Um, our, the theme was 1 Timothy 6, 11, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. And he's talking about all the stuff that he had uh, mentioned in the previous chapters of 1 Timothy. And then their focus was pursue righteousness. That is right relationship with God and other people. Godliness, living like Christ, faith, love, steadfastness, gentle, gentleness. And so I'm going to give just a few minutes um, to, for any of the guys who want to come up and share a nugget, a nugget, <laughs> a nugget. Not a sermon, not a conference, a nugget of what, what they sense God's saying to them and, and maybe what they need to do with it. So I don't know who all is going to share. I just told them. That this is, Isn't a good-looking group, especially on the front row on the right? <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to be first? John? You have to come up here, John. John? <laughs>
1: Hi everybody, I'm John Pasquarelli. Um, when I uh, went to uh, the uh, discussion um, meeting, uh, tempt- "Temptations" with that men face by uh, Albert Tate, um, I, um, he kind of reminded uh, us about like how we get uh, hooks in our mouths um, of like sin, and uh, you know we 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 kind of need to be caught by God to uh, just. T- take those hooks out of our mouths and I um it kind of reminded me of my life uh where I've had the hook of um addiction since 2001 um and um I've, I've been kind of uh looking for a way to get rid of that hook and um so um it, it's it's been an on and off journey um and uh I uh I Really tried to pursue Alcoholics Anonymous, and they they have similar teachings, and um, so um, I really tried to. It was like really, it was. I had like a whole thing to talk about, and it's gone. (laughs) But um, yeah, uh, I just you know, God actually took that hook since um, September 18th, 2022, um, and i uh, been working at it since with my journey um, to him, um, trying to live life uh, by faith and not by sight, and um, so yeah, that's all Yeah, I got. And,
0: and yesterday, well, let me help you out, because yesterday John was talking about how the picture in that conference was of how Satan puts the hook in front of us, and there's bait on it and that we need to stay away from those places and not be fooled by the bait. And and that's the, part of what you talked about yesterday was, is how staying away from the bait, you know, knowing what it is that hooks you mm-hmm. and then staying away from the bait. And that's what you've been trying to do for the last six months or so.
1: Yeah. And like the whole no regrets program. Um, it just kind of remind me of that. We don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. You know, um, the past has nothing for me, but, um, I just kind of like, you know, thought about that, and like, if, if I go back to the past, that does remind me of what I have done, because like, to, to, for me to drink is to die, to do drugs is to die, yeah. so, yeah,
0: yeah. Good, good. Thank you, John. Give him a round of applause. Dave?
2: Good morning, I'm Dave Sabo. Uh, In one of the lessons that we we attended on the importance of brotherhood, the speaker brought up a passage of scripture out of 2 Samuel where Jonathan and his armor bearer are scouting out the Philistine army, and they've been getting their butts whooped and all of these things. And there was this moment of courage, and brashness that Jonathan took between him and his armor-bearer that led to this massive victory uh, over the Philistines and so the idea was as a man of God one act of courage on your part has a chain reaction and then the the practical of that was three things and it was basically it required movement number 1 was do it scared Two was do it difficult, and three was do it now. Uh, and I just appreciated it because in our culture today, uh, you know, there's, there's this basic attack on masculinity in general and men being men. And a lot of that attack is based off of what the world has defined manhood as. Mm-hmm. Couple that with the fact that biblical masculinity and the man of Jesus, the persona of Jesus and who Jesus is, has been drastically and horribly misrepresented to us as men of faith. Mm-hmm. Soft Jesus, long mm-hmm. hair, dress, sash. That was one of the things that they brought up yesterday. Mm-hmm. And really, when we look in, in the scriptures, that's not who Jesus is. Yeah. Jesus was, is, is a conquering warrior yeah. and the creator of all. So it's very inspiring to me and encouraging made me think of a verse that I've been reading uh, daily in uh, 2 Peter 1. It's uh, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 10 in the the message. I'll share this, and then I'll be done. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your life, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you, oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped from the books. So friend, brother, sister, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice, of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing, the streets paved in a way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. So do it scared, do it difficult, and do it now.
0: Thank you. Amen. Good. Very good. Somebody
3: else? Randy? This was uh, Mark Batterson's um, talk, and it was on when the day. And the, the thing that comes to it is he asked this question, and then he re- revised the question, but it's, can you do it daily? And then he goes, you can do it daily. So, you know, we look at everything we've done on, on what we learned yesterday and all the sessions we've done, and it's so much. But what God wants us to do is pursue it, but look at, at it on a daily basis. Don't look at it, I've got all this to do, but look at what can I do today? What can I do to do this? And he was talking also about a boxer. He was the last boxer to win the barefisted boxing match and the first boxer to win a glove match when they did the switch way back in the early 1800s. And the, the boxing at that time sort of went till there was a winner, but this round went thirty or 61, sixty-one rounds, and it was still a draw. But they talked to the winner or talked to one of the guys afterwards, and they asked him why did you continue doing it, and he goes, "I needed to tell myself I just need to fight this next round," and I think that's a good word for us. I need to fight this next round. Mm-hmm. So I need to do it daily. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Very good.
0: And that, that kind of goes along with some of what John was saying is you don't look at the past. you not focus on the future and the worry. One more round, whatever you're facing, whatever God wants you to do, one more round, one more round. Anybody else? Okay. Uh, Let me encourage you. Even ladies, um, the speakers are speaking directly to men, but there's such power and uh, great effectiveness in the whole conference. And you can go online. um, I think they just started a new website. I don't know if it's changed, but it's noregretsconference.org, I think. Just just noregrets.org. And um, you can watch all of the presentations. Anybody, anywhere. So you can go back and review. Anybody can do that for free. And then let me challenge men that were there, men that weren't. um, Come and be a part of our monthly men's study. And we're going to be going back to some of these videos and having some discussion time. And challenging one another to really be men of God. I appreciate what Dave said is that. The, um, what men are in the Bible and following Jesus is so different from our culture. And we've got to make that shift. And the only way we, can, we do that is through the truth of God in the accountability relationships with other men. So I really believe that God is, is gathering and calling um, us to be more and, specific, and, and really for us as men of new song to be more, to, to really get about being men of God. And as we do that, the ripple effect will happen. Now let's talk about living our utmost for his highest daily. Lord, I pray that you would take these few moments and that your spirit would identify How we can live our utmost, moment by moment. Um, Lord, have your way. Speak as you want to speak. um, Whether it's through my voice or through the quietness of your spirit, I pray that every person will hear what you have in mind. Um, Lord, in a moment, you can make such a difference. So do it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. There are a lot of big moments in the Bible. And so as you, as you look at the Bible, this covers thousands of years. And we tend to read the Bible as, um, as, a, as a completeness, as an exhaustive experience of God with people. And in reality, it's the highlights. It's the big moments. It's the things that we need to remember but most of this life in Christ is moment by moment. It's in the daily moments. The miracles are the big moments, the mountaintops. Um, the, and, and each one of us have moments in our lives when God works in powerful ways. But, but most of it is in the dailiness. So I want you to open your Bible, not just look at the scripture that's on the bulletin to Philippians chapter 1. And I want us to look at that memory scripture that we have in this context, in the moments, in the dailiness, in the grind, in the everyday. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ, for me to live is Christ, mostly daily. It's mostly getting up every day, going through the routines, going through the schedule, going through my responsibilities, doing the relationship stuff, doing the work stuff, vacuuming the house Changing the oil in the car, mowing the grass, shoveling snow, which I really don't like. Just the daily. But for me to live is Christ. In every moment, it's Christ. There are no exceptions to our lives. It's 24-7, 365 days a year, and on leap year, it's one more. For me to live is mostly daily, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh daily, mostly ordinary, it means fruitful labor for me. Moment by moment, it means every time I do anything, obeying God, that's fruitful labor, allowing Him to do it. When I'm helping a sick child, that's fruitful labor. When I'm living in Christ. When I am putting up with the next-door neighbor who is awful to put up with, but I'm doing it in obedience to Christ, in a, in a Christ-like way, that's living for Christ. It's moment by moment. It's the daily stuff. Fruitful labor. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. And, and that's a whole sermon in itself. We need to get there. That we really believe that. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. To stay here for God to keep us here means that is for others. Michael Davis, the, um, the man from Lincoln Avenue Church of God who spoke on January 15th, um, left me a gift. So a little bit of background, in in, uh, September of 2022, he and Craig and uh, another person were officially ordained at the Lincoln Avenue Church of God, and I was over there and I spoke. And as I go around the country, oftentimes I will say a phrase that God clearly gave me. It wasn't me. I never planned it. It was at an event. I spoke it, and, and it was just like it grabbed everybody's heart. And so I said it again. And he told me um, a month or so later, he said, my granddaughter was there. And she heard that phrase and it so captured her, his granddaughter, that she made up t-shirts. And so he left me one that I thought, really, this is what this scripture is all about. Read it together. It's not about me, it's about me serving God and others. And, and, when it, and so he told me she made, t- I said, I want one. <laughs> so he left me this when he came and spoke. But, but that's what the scripture is about. And isn't it interesting, and, and I think his, his granddaughter's just late teens, early 20s, that a phrase like that would capture her heart. So much that she puts it on t-shirts and hands it out. Because it's from God. That's what he's saying. For me to live is Christ. But it's in the moment by moment. And, and in verse 24, because it's about other people, it's not about me. It's about other people on their account. And so I want to go back to a, a couple of things that we've already talked about. This is repetition to get us in. It's so living this dailyness, living our utmost for His highest moment by moment is about paying attention. It's about paying attention. It's about having our antenna. It's about starting our day on our knees so we're surrendered in praise and and worship and surrender and submission to Him. And then walking through our day, paying attention to the nudges that He has and allowing Him to do whatever He wants to do. And in addition to the nudges, when we're walking a step with Him, He takes care of things that we don't even realize. But it's about paying attention. Galatians 5.25, if we live by the Spirit, then let us keep in step with the Spirit. So for me to live as Christ, our utmost for His highest, is about walking in step. Just staying in step. And then um, Luke 12.35, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. In the daily, paying attention and being ready. It's being dressed, being ready, being um, ready. uh, uh, so aware that we're doing what he wants us to do. And sometimes even when we're not aware, he is arranging and he's, and he's causing things to happen. And and, we're just fl- and only in looking back do we see, oh, that was God working. Um, and I thought of several examples. So in the book of Acts, uh, in one of the early books, I think it's chapters four or five, um, John and Peter are going to the temple to worship. And as they're walking along, they see a beggar and he's asking for money but he wasn't the only beggar. It was f- the, whole, the place was filled with them. That's where people went. They didn't have social security. They didn't have any kind of um, help for, those, for people. All they could do was beg and people would give them. And so they would hang out around the temple. There may have been hundreds of people in the vicinity. But for some reason, as he's walking along, well, Peter and John are paying attention and the Holy Spirit directs them to this one particular lame man. And the scripture says they looked at him. And I think in that moment what happened was Peter was paying attention. He was paying attention to what God was up to. Not just to the the man, but what the Holy Spirit was saying about this man. We move a little bit farther into the book of Acts and we find Paul and Silas in prison. They've been preaching the word. They healed this young lady who uh, they actually exercised her from demons and people got mad. They stoned him, put him in prison. And they're in prison at night. And they start singing. You see, they were paying attention to what God was up to. They could have been whining and complaining and saying, why are we in prison? We were just doing good stuff. And they beat us and we're, now we're in pain. We're in chains. We're, you know, who knows what's going to happen next? They could have been. But instead, they were paying attention. And evidently, somehow, the Holy Spirit nudged them to say, it's time for a hymn sing. And they started singing. You go back a, a few chapters in, in the book of Acts and you find Philip. Philip was one of the followers of Jesus and, um, and he was, had been chosen as one of the seven and the Holy Spirit said to him, go stand along the road. He was paying attention. Somehow he's paying attention because for him to live was Christ and to die is gain. For him to live was to do whatever God said. So he's walking in the step with the Spirit and he says, go stand by the road. And he's standing by the road. He doesn't know why he's standing by the road until this Ethiopian official comes by. And somehow he's so in tune with the Holy Spirit that he points him out and says, this is the assignment. And he hears him reading. And so he catches up with the chariot and and he's, and he's paying attention to what the Holy Spirit has to say. And as he pays attention, he engages the man. He was paying attention. It's not only paying attention, but it's also... Asking God to interpret what you see when you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. I, I, my observation about my own life and other people's lives is that as we progress in following Christ, we, we will start paying attention. But then when we pay attention and see things, we tend to interpret them through ourselves. We, st- we haven't gotten to the place where we're going to God saying, what is it that you see? We're still seeing through. Our- we extrapolate. So if we were Philip, go alongside the road. In our minds, we would say, okay, we, you know, would, the next step's got to be this. I know, you know, it's got to be this. Pa- Peter had this experience or something. And it's got to be this instead of just walking in step and listening and paying attention and asking God to interpret what it is that's going on. In Ephesians chapter 6, oh, oh no, let me make this statement. We don't know what something is until God tells us. Mm-hmm. I said this you know, before I left, and, and um, I remember in that message, that just a, a, a sense of the, the Spirit saying, this is really, really important. This statement is really important. We don't know what something is until God interprets it, until God defines it, until God tells us what it is. We can pay attention to it. Okay. This is a hard situation. And so we find John and Peter coming to the temple. They see this lame man. They sense the Holy Spirit wants to do something, but we don't know what it is. He want. the Holy Spirit wants to do until God says what he wants to do until he interprets it. And so we need to get in the habit of not only paying attention, but saying, Okay, God, you've identified this. Now, what is this? What is this about? And so Peter and John pause, and somehow the Holy Spirit says, Oh, this is the one I want to heal. Out of all the hundreds that are here today, this is the one I want to heal. When Paul and Silas are sitting in that prison in pain and in chains, and they are saying, Okay, we trust God, but they don't know what this is until God shows them what this is. And all they know is they're there, uh, and they've been obeying God. Mm -hmm. They know God's in charge, so God's doing something. And they're they're nudged to sing, Mm -hmm. but they don't know what this is until God shows up. And all of a sudden there's an earthquake, the chains drop off, the doors pop open, and they begin to understand, oh, this is God working to show himself faithful. And a revival breaks out. But they didn't know what it was until God showed them what it was in the next moment. They just trusted. And then Philip doesn't know what it is. He's standing alongside the road. And the Ethiopian comes along. He's reading from the prophet Isaiah. And and so Philip just is nudged to walk alongside. Do you understand what you're, how can, and the Ethiopian says, how can I understand? I don't have anybody to tell me about. Well, would you like me? And in that moment, Philip understands what this is. But he didn't extrapolate. He walked in step in constant conversation. So in Ephesians, praying at all times in the Spirit, that's what he's talking about. Paying attention, so paying attention, and then talking to God. God, what is this about? That's the conversation. In the Spirit, listening to what God wants to show us about that situation. With all prayer and supplication. So conversation, supplication is asking, request, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Pay attention, and then ask God to interpret it. That's what walking in step, and that's how we will live our utmost for his highest. Now, the next part of the message is pure testimony of what God did over the last three weeks of my life. It's not biblical teaching its, it's application, it's illustration. Before I left on this vacation, I sensed it was going to be different. Just had this sense because of all that God has been doing over, in my life over the last couple of years and, and reframing the way that I see things and um, just w- trying to walk in step with him and trust him deeper and, and some of the internal healing that he's done, the emotional, spiritual one. Just he'd done, I just, since, and so in the past, my attitude towards getting away was, I got to get away from those new song people. No, it wasn't that bad. But it was like, I I just, I want a break from responsibility. And and if I can get a break from responsibility, I could do what I want to do. I want to do jigsaw puzzles, and I want to take walks, and I want to read what I want to read, and I want to do what I want to do, and it was all... It was all selfish. It was all self-focused. But this time it was like, okay, God, what are you up to? And so when we left, I just sensed that it was going to be different. So um, we, we went to Southern California where our daughter is first. Uh, got in on a Wednesday. and uh, we went. And so on Sunday, we went to worship with them. Now, they had never talked to us about the church. Didn't know anything about the church. In my mind, Southern California, progressive Christianity—you know, all the stuff that we studied in American Gospel and you know some of the other studies—I'm thinking, I don't know what the, you know. I have no idea what to, you know, but I'm walking out if some certain things happen. I'm not staying. I got there, um, and the pastor stood up, and he started talking about the same things that we've been talking about for two years. And I'm going, God, what a blessing this is. He's talking about intimacy with God. and He's using words that I, I've heard come out of my mouth. And I'm going, this is the Holy Spirit. This, because nothing's new. On the sun. It's just the Holy Spirit talking. He's talking about, if you, when, once you start knowing God and surrendering to him, you'll have the greater ple- greatest pleasure that you'll ever have. I'm going, that's what I talk about all the time. And I'm sitting there going, well, wow, this guy is on track in Southern California. <laughs> Meeting in a school, and I was just, I'm ju- I'm just enjoying the affirmation. And, and then about halfway through the message, I sensed the Spirit of God say, you need to go um, tell that pastor after this message that you don't know what he's going through, but I, God, I am pleased with him. And I I said, God, um, I'm on vacation. (laughs) That sounds like a pastor thing, doesn't it? No, I didn't. Actually, I didn't. In the past, I would have. But now, it's like, oh, what an honor. What a privilege to do that. Because here's a guy, he's probably 40. You know, young guy in ministry. And so, um, after the message, I kind of watched... And I'm waiting for a crowd to gather around him and talk to him. And, and they didn't. It was an open lane to the pastor. And I went up there and I talked to him, introduced myself to him, said, I'm a pastor I'm from Pennsylvania. And I said, I didn't know what to expect. This is California. And he just started laughing goes, Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I said, hey, So. I don't know what you're going through, but you need to know that God is pleased and you're on the right track. This is from, and I said, this is not for me. This is from God. I just sensed God, and he got tears in his eyes, and he said, you don't have any idea how much that means to me. I said, what a privilege, what an honor, and all I was doing was paying attention and asking God, what is this about? What, what do you want me to do here? What do you want this to be? And we had this nice conversation. And then I left. Paying attention. But what an honor it was. Because I remember when I was that age, and if somebody would said that to me, how much it would have meant. And I don't know what's going on, but I, I got to believe that in that place, is hard. So when we... Don't expect it when, even when I'm on vacation, Mm -hmm. we need to pay attention, walk in the Spirit, because vacation doesn't eliminate what God wants to do. Even when it's stuff that we don't like. So one of the things that I'd ask you to pray for, and especially those of you that are prayer partners, I said, pray that I don't get sick. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was my idea. I said, I want to get refreshed, so pray that I don't get sick. Because in my mind, getting sick would have derailed everything. So we're, we left on Wednesday. By Tuesday the next week my head started filling up, I started coughing, My chest, I'm, and oh, I'm going oh, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be sick. And I had a day when I was kind of under the weather, and, I, and so I I texted back. I said, you know, please pray for me. Um, and, then I, and then the next day, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking a nap, trying to get my energy. And so I'm talking to God. I'm going, God, <laughs> I didn't want to be sick on vacation. What is this about? Pay attention. I ask all of you, it, it, maybe your prayers just aren't any good. I asked all you to pray that I wouldn't get sick. And so I, then five days into vacation, I'm sick. And so I'm I'm going, what is this? But this doesn't make, and so I asked God, here's what I heard. Here's what I sensed. I am going to make you rest. Mm -hmm. And because I had all these ideas, Pacific coast time, I'm going to be up early. I'm going to get some work done. You know, for some other, you know, for the 360 conference. that, And I'm going to get up early and I'm going to spend time. And because I got sick, it's Pacific Coast time and I'm still sleeping until 7 or 8 o'clock. That's 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning here. So I'm sleeping and, and God goes, I am going to make you sleep so that you get refreshed. I went, oh, that's what this is about. Now, understand... I I had a head cold, coughing, my ears, but I never lacked energy to do the things I wanted to do with my kids and my grandkids. When does that happen? With a cold. No fever. Nothing bad. It was just like God saying, I want to make you sleep. Oh, that's what that's about. And then I was able to step back and go, okay, God, you're in charge of this. I'll just rest. You see, that's paying attention. Because in the past, what I would have done is going, God, I can't believe you let me get sick and just be whining and complaining about it, just frustrated with it instead of going, okay, God, this is about you actually doing what I need rather than what I think I want. We flew to Seattle and relationship with our daughter in son of California has gotten good. The, our son in, in Seattle has been still touch and go over the last couple of years. So a little bit anxious about going there. Got there. Everything seemed okay. But I felt like I was walking on eggshells. And there's some things that we need to talk about. I need to talk about with my son. But I said to God, I'm not bringing it up. Mm -hmm. So God, if you want to do something, if you want a conversation, you're going to have to arrange it. Because I'm not. I'm not. And I just kind of walked on eggshells. But a couple of days before our visit was done, out of the blue, my son said something um, that kind of brought it to a head Mm -hmm. and just stabbed me in the heart. And I thought, oh. And so I was was sitting at the kitchen table. It was after dinner. and, And I paused. I'm paying attention. And I'm saying, and I'm asking God to interpret. I say, okay, God, what's this about? and he said you need to talk to him. I said, "So, okay. Can we and I asked him, can can we take a walk tomorrow and just talk about that?" And so that night as I'm praying, I I sense God say, "I am arranging the conversation you need to have." Cuz I don't want to have it. Mm-hmm. I just want a nice vacation. Mm-hmm. This feels like pastoral counseling. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. We took a walk the next day, had an incredible conversation, incredible conversation. We talked about things we needed to talk about, and we started kind of heading in the direction of things we need to continue to talk about. Um, and afterwards, He gave me this big hug and He held on to me. Mm-hmm. Like He didn't want to let go. Mm-hmm. God, That was God. That wasn't me. That was God. Pay attention, and you say, God, what is this about? This is about doing the thing that needs to happen. It wasn't me. It was him. And then uh, just one more example. So um, as we got into the third week, my mind started shifting back into all the stuff I got to do. Here, 360, communicators conference, I'm doing all this. And, And so I said, okay, I'll start getting up earlier. And Get some work done. So I got up early a couple of days and got a little bit of stuff done but then the three granddaughters woke up and we, we haven't really seen them for three years and so I didn't know how they were gonna be with us, but Almost from the moment we walked in the door, they're all over us all the time they're awake and so anytime so um, I got a couple hours of work done, and I'm thinking, you know, they'll be doing some other stuff. I'm sitting there, and they're on my lap, talking to me. Let's play a game, Papa. Let's read a book, Papa. Let's take a walk, Papa. And, and, I, and I took a step back and I'm thinking, okay, God, what is this about? And he said, priorities. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Amen.
0: Which is more important in this moment? Mm-hmm. Getting stuff done that you can do later, or having your granddaughter on your lap and investing in them, loving on them. And I went, oh, okay. That's what this is about. Four examples of paying attention and then asking God, what is this really all about? And then just flowing with it. You see, most of our utmost for his highest will be in the daily moments, right? In the daily moments. And here's the kicker, the result of each one of those was joy in my heart, was affirmation for me, was a gift for me. Even getting sick was a gift because it was God arranging it. And I came away thinking, God is arranging things in the intricacies of life and the circumstances, he goes ahead of us, behind us, beside, he's doing things. I, I have come to believe that most of what God does in our life, we don't even know. We don't even have it. Maybe in heaven we'll get a clue. We'll be able to look back and, and you know, he put his arm around us and go, okay, let's do the movie. <laughs> let's look at all the things that I was showing you, my presence and my love, that you never got to see. You never noticed because I didn't make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. But what a joy it is to walk in step with the Spirit and come away from... And, and so, in the past, I would come back from vacation, emotionally, just overwhelmed because my kids are on the West Coast and I'm you know, just devastated and, and physically tired. And, and so I came in and, and met with Wendy on Friday and she goes, boy, you look pretty good. She said, I expect you to come in here all whiny and fusty and, and sad and, and, and I was going to slap you around and get you, you know, put you, you know, have a, right. but you just go, wow, there's, there's it's different. And it is. And here, I attribute all of it to the pain and the, the, the situations that required toughness and leaning into God when it was difficult over the last couple of years. You see, pain is not the problem. Pain is God's training. And I look back on it now, and I remember some of my prayers a couple of years ago. I was whining to God. God take this away. I don't want this to change this. I, you know, and 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 I and I and I could just picture him picture him standing back going, nope, this is training. This is this is a gift to you. And if you'll just lean into me, if you'll surrender, listen, and obey, if you'll just follow me, if you'll trust me, even when it's hard, even when you're in tears, even when you don't know how in the world this can ever work, if you'll just trust me, it'll turn out for good. Because one of the lessons that I was was um Emphasized on these three weeks is that there are no exceptions to Romans 8 28. For we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. In all things, there are no exceptions sickness on vacation, difficulty with kids, struggles in, in other ways. There are no exceptions. But we have to lean into him for those who are called according to his purpose, surrender to him, leaning into him for those who are called according to purpose and living according to his ways. Pay attention and ask God, what is that? Now, I, I think one of the pieces of this is um, helping hold one another accountable. Because if I had come in on Friday, whining and fussing, I would need to be slapped around. And Wendy would do it very well. <laughs> Probably too well. Right? Because there are times when, going back to what Dave was saying, we need to man up and challenge one another. Mm-hmm. Stop the whining. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's ask God what he's doing here. And let's, let's be men and women of God. Mm-hmm. Would you bow your heads? In what ways do you need to pay attention better? In what areas do you need to ask God to interpret? I mean, it needs to be a way of life. It needs to be moment by moment. But there are oftentimes. When God's working on us with some significant stuff. And we need to be asking him what this is about. Sometimes he'll say, just trust me. I can't tell you right now. Just trust me. Obey. And then later on, begins to make sense. What are the ways that you need to do that? would you in this moment then say, God, I will. Help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Lord, I pray that not only for each of us individually, but for all of us as a church family, that you would lead us, guide us, do whatever it takes for us to get there. Moment by moment, in step with you, moment by moment paying attention moment by moment looking to you for explanation definition interpretation and then give us the courage to obey in the name of jesus we pray amen